Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We've made it to episode 15. As always, I've got my co-captain with me. Scott Larson. And today, who do we have with us, Josh? You know, it's always a pleasure to have this man around. I've never heard a single bad thing about him. Is the man, the myth, the legend, Martin Robbins. How are you doing, Martin? I, I'm I'm really good. I'm, I'm very surprised you haven't heard anything negative about me. I think you probably need to search a little bit harder. Uh, we don't go that deep in pinball. <laughs> we only talk to Mrs. Pin, so... Uh, she only says nice things, so... I only follow Facebook, and Facebook has so much positivity, and Pinside, too, it's just <laughs> everything. It's just like, how can we all do this pinball love fest where everybody's included? It's it's just amazing. That's mm, amazing. Well, no, like, seriously, we were talking to Keith Elwin, and, man, he's like, dude, I just love Martin. He's an awesome dude. I was like, man, I think, I think uh, <laughs> Martin's made a little friend over there at Stern, so... We know where all the leaks are coming from now. <laughs> it's funny. It, it is funny. Keith Owen is obviously a, a great guy, and, and you got to speak to him, and, and it was an amazing interview. So so well done for that. Thank um, you. But it, it actually was. And and so you would have known, like I did, he's actually really good to speak to. And, and what's good about Keith Owen is he gets it because he listens. He listens to a lot of podcasts, and, and he gets it. So I think the reason why he sort of said he likes me is that he, from the outset, has really understood the head-to-head humour. It's why, you know, last year at Pimberg, when I think he, he might have had a bad round, he sort of blamed the head-to-head T-shirt, knowing <laughs> that we would get a kick out of it. So yeah. that's what he does. He's a good guy. When they did the Dead Flip stream, I got about 50 texts immediately. It's like, dude, Keith's wearing your hat. He's doing it in the stream. And I was like, wow, Really? That, that was amazing. Like it, it, it felt like one of those things where I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm kind of cool, but not really cool." But man, <laughs> like, if he decided to wear it, at least Josh made a really good hat there. It is a great hat. Yeah. So if, if only you were doing a competition, so someone could win one. You know what? That that would be such a great idea. We're, we're not big enough to have enough followers to have a competition though so you know we have to send it out to family members and pretend like we have a competition so but we'll do one at the end of this this podcast anyway so it all works out for the for the three people that listen you know who you are (laughs) well i'm one of them and then there's you two yeah there's yeah (laughs) (laughs) so anyway martin you just made it back from penberg so that is correct uh, have you have you had any time to decompress and actually think about everything that you saw there? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I kind of had to in the, the, the day after Pinberg. In fact, the, the night that Pinberg when Replay FX finished, uh, John and I actually recorded an episode. So in a way, we had to try and remember everything that, that happened at Pinberg. So since then, I'm, I'm in you know, Utah with you guys at the moment. I'm, I'm still here. And so it's all been work. So I really actually haven't had that time to to really sort of soak it in. But there was obviously the tournament, really the two things that happened was the tournament, which was amazing, meeting all the people, which was amazing, and Jurassic Park was there. So has anybody in pinball history had a better week than Keith Elwin had this last week? <laughs> wow. Like the, the best week. Yeah, that that's uh, that is uh, you are not only the best pinball player in the world, but you also release an amazing game that is right on the heels of your last amazing game 
that people are still buying and playing. Uh, and I don't, you just have to sit back and say, yeah, that's right. That's me. We're part to blame for that head to head and loser kid. Cause you know, when he was releasing, he was wearing the loser kid hat. And during first day of Pinburg, he had his head to head shirt on and his loser kid hat, man. Right. He was destined to win. That's what made him qualify first because every time <laughs> I play, uh, with my loser kid hat on it, it, I just get grand champion scores every time. But, but here's the thing that's really cool about Keith, right? He he just is obviously so good, good at making pinball machines, and obviously good at playing. You know, here we go, another win. But what's actually really good about Keith is just so humble. So you know, people are going up to him. I I I you know, spent a bit of time with him, and people are going up to him saying. Oh, mate, it's great to meet you. And he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, it's nice to meet you too. Like, I'm not really anything important. But more so, I, I was standing at the um, Stern booth um, where they had seven Jurassic Park machines. There was six pros and a premium. And he was there. And so many people kept coming up to him saying, oh, my God, you have absolutely knocked it out of the park with this game. And he was just like, oh, thank you. That's so good to hear. Just, you know, like just not getting to his head at all just a good guy yeah he seems to be very comfortable in his skin he seems to be very comfortable in being keith elwin he knows he's great that that doesn't shock anybody he's also i he's also reliving this hey i am trying a next phase of pinball in designing and it's going spectacularly well i i, I just think he's very comfortable being keith elwin which is why I believe he's approachable. Like people come up and say, he's like, Hey, thanks. I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So it, it, it's a great option. I think so too. I think that, um, I don't know. I just, Keith's a great guy. And I think it's something special he's doing in the hobby. No, no one else can do what Keith is doing right now. And so, so obviously what do you guys think of, of, of Jurassic park having had a look at it? I think it looks a lot of fun. There, there are people who, um, there are people who are d disappointed that there's not as much movie clips, or or you know a lot more actors involved. I actually think it's better this way because you're not locked into a linear path to um, describe what's going on in the movie. Uh, I think it would get stale, a little bit like Ghostbusters, where it seems like you're you have to go through the movie to to win it's very smart to say yes this is jurassic park and it's a story that you're experiencing simultaneously with the movie in that it it does i think it feels more like a video game which is not an insult i think that's a compliment because that allows people to say okay we're in jurassic park at the same time as all this action is going on and so you're still wrapped up in the storyline, but you also still has that freedom to do different things. Um, that uh, Tyrannosaurus looks amazing and hands down, I would at least get the premium, if not the LE, uh, if you're going to get this just because of how cool that mech is. It may actually rival the, uh, the castle in Medieval Madness for a coolest mech. I just think that Keith has reinvented the way that we play pinball 
in the fact that a lot of people have demanded that we relive the experiences of what we're playing. So like with uh, Ghostbusters per se, you're reliving the scenes from the movie. Um, this is like t- transporting you into the game and making you a part of Jurassic Park. And we've always talked about some of the best games you feel like you're a part of. And I think he's accomplishing that not only with this, but with Iron Maiden as well. So I, from my perspective, I'm, I'm always want to say play it first, then make a decision. I'm, I'm having a hard time waiting. I, I would, I would buy one right now, but I, I want to keep to my golden rule and say, Hey, I want to play it first. Mm, okay. From someone that has played it, just get it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. It's, it's as good as everybody's saying. Of course, I, you know, I, I say that flippantly, but you, you do obviously need to to flip it because I, I think that's part of the experience, as I've, I've said on our show, of feeling connected to a machine. I want, I would love you to have the full experience of of getting a new machine. Um, but layout wise, it feels good. The shots feel satisfying. They're not as easy as you'd like, so that means that there's a challenge there. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like games to be too easy and the shots just to feel repeatable. Um, so it does all that. And, and going back to what Scott was saying, and we sort of said this on our show, is that um, there aren't any video assets from the movie. And whilst originally I thought that would disappoint me because it's Jurassic Park is one of my all-time favourite films, what this does really well is it makes you feel like you're actually in Jurassic Park not that you're in the movie. So like what Scott was saying, it almost feels like you're actually creating your own story and you're interacting with the storylines as you're playing the machine. And I think that that right there is theme integration, not movie integration. And I think they've done a great job of it. Do you guys care that they did not get the classic Jurassic Park Ford Explorer license in the game? Could not care less. Yeah, I couldn't. That was my feeling. Yeah, my Mm. feeling was I didn't even notice that that wasn't in the game until George Gomez posted, "Hey, I know you're disappointed that I couldn't get it in. How we couldn't secure it. However, it's going to get trashed during the game, so you'll at least get your way that way." I must admit, I looked at it and thought that doesn't look like the Jeep from the movie because I had seen the movie that many times. But I didn't then, I know, I know what I'm saying here. I then didn't go on Facebook to, you know, voice my displeasure and try to bring down Stern as a result of it. Well, here's my thing. I was so shocked at the features. Has has that kinetic Newton ball been done on any other game? Not that I can think of. And so not only that, but also... Um, as we were watching the stream, if you shoot that right orbit and you hold up the flipper, you can continue that loop again. Like it comes all the way across the field, up the flipper, back up through the orbit. <laughs> the only other thing I can think of would be the Wizard of Oz Munchkin shot, where if you could hold the flipper up, but it's such a tiny loop. I mean, this Keith shot is the whole play field and it loops that. And it's just, it's insane. Some of these shots. And it, it looks, I don't know, I haven't played it yet. You have, Martin. It looks like it plays as smooth as butter. What? What? How does it feel? It feels as smooth as it needs to be on certain shots, but it doesn't feel 
for me, yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, this is, uh, we sort of copped, I, me personally, copped a bit of criticism that someone said that I like to have cookie cutter fan layouts, which I don't. I actually like really unusual layouts. But when you do unusual layouts and you place things in positions where we're not used to, um, you're kind of playing a bit of a, a risky game there because you could put something into a location where we just feel is really awkward and uncomfortable and it doesn't feel right. So what's actually happened here with this game is the the shots are the ramps in particular aren't necessarily in you know really weird locations, but they they're not where you're expecting them to be. But then when you've got the orbit shots and then the side ramp shot, um, they they don't feel like other shots, but they feel right. And and I think that's the the sign of somebody like Keith, whom and 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 I, I didn't realise at the time when he was talking about the original Jurassic Park, which I owned and I really liked. He actually said it's one of the worst shooting games. Now, when I think about Keith Elwood, I just think, well, he's a competition player. He knows about rules. He knows his shots. He doesn't care whether it flows well or all that. He's just caring about getting a big score. He obviously cares about how a game feels and, and how the shots are. And that's why you've now got two games in a row where the shots feel really good and they're quite unique. I, there is a difference between having something that's familiar uh, versus something that is clunky. I, I look at something that's clunky as something that it's not familiar, but it seems more than challenging. Like a, a challenging layout still feels satisfying to flip, but you still can find the shots. So it's we we talk about it in rules where hey uh, Star Wars comes out and people complain oh the rules are too complex this is ridiculous this is way more than we need and then Monsters comes out and people are saying oh well this is way less than what we need this is too too light so I, I guess that's the artistry of finding that in between where you want something that does that's not every shot's easy. You want them to have easy shots, challenging shots, but you never want to have that shot where it just doesn't work and you just hate shooting it because it's so clunky, you can never find it. Um, I, I Did you notice uh, one of the questions uh, people posed is, hey, you haven't put any scoops in your two games. Is there a reason for that? And he replied, Keith replied, yeah, I don't like things that slow the ball down. I like uh, continuous movement in balls. And I thought that was very smart because I kept thinking the games that I really like are games that don't have scoops. Be because well, I, I, didn't, I didn't really think about that. Well, except that he's put posts that slow sure. the game down. They, they actually do the same thing. In fact, they would hold the ball sometimes longer than a scoop would. So... No, that's interesting. Yeah. I do like the reverse ramps. I'll, I'll take a reverse ramp over a scoop any day. They feel really good. Jurassic Park, I, I, I would say that all of us agree it's a smash hit, and the first one just got delivered yesterday. And so, or no, they went out today. I apologize. Um, just went out. We're recording on, yeah, they just went out. Today's Thursday. 
Um, and people are just giddy as, as little schoolgirls getting their first crushes, mm-hmm. pulling mm-hmm. these things out. And so I, 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 it's safe to say at this point, Keith is a force to be reckoned with. Which brings me to my next question for you guys. I thought of this today. They've confirmed they've got Brian Eddy. We know that Brian Eddy has three fantastic games. Keith has now created two, and they both are just amazing. Do you think the quality of designers that have went up with these two now forces the other designers to not make such cookie-cutter designs as what people keep claiming? Or raise the level of their game? Okay. Let me just, if I can, just clarify something when it comes to to Brian Eddy. So the three games that we're talking about are uh, Attack from Mars, Medieval Madness, and what's his third The Shadow. Shadow. The Shadow. Shadow. So the reason why I bring those up is that um, Attack from Mars is one of my favorite games. Um, Medieval Madness isn't necessarily one of my favorite games, but people have sort of said that those layouts are fairly similar and you would actually say they're actually, I think they set the standard for what a traditional fan layout is. They feel great, but it's a fan layout. So I, I it really comes into the, the question that you're asking is, um, you know, is now Keith Elwin the one that's setting the standard for everything else? Does that put pressure on the likes of Brian Eddy, who has done those two games, which everybody loves? He's somehow got to meet the expectations of those two games. But if he brought out another game that's another fan layout, is he going to be criticised for bringing out another game that's a fan layout? With Brian Eddy, anytime you add a new element into a design system, it certainly will move things or change things. If you think about bands that have come out with an album that have really changed the course of of, of the sound of music, so to speak, uh, if you if you think about it, Motley Crue, well, Van Halen comes out and they come out and everyone looks at them and says, "Wow, that is how." rock is supposed to be played and so they have a good run and then they kind of fall apart 1984 you have the rise of, of motley Crue, and motley Crue has a good run and then bon jovi comes on and then def leppard and each of them put their own spin on as a genre that's very similar but once they put their mark on it you can feel the landscape change a little bit and then nirvana comes on the scene and everybody says oh well we need to you know, crank up the distortion and we need to start uh, playing really loud, distorted music. I think it's similar in pinball in, well, in anything really. So Keith is bringing something new to the table and it will allow these designers to say, that's different than what we've been doing. How can we incorporate what the successful elements that he's done into pinball it will add to their creativity i don't uh, I, I don't believe it will radically change what they do but i think it will push them in a direction that they wouldn't have found otherwise if they still had the same rotation of borg richie gomez and eddie you know i, I think they would have put up 
very similar things to what they've done in the past because guess what? It's been successful. They've sold lots of games doing that. Um, Keith has shown that you can do something different that is still familiar to people. I mean, Martin, what are you always saying? We want different, but not that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, Keith has given us something different that we have said, huh, that's great. We should get more of that. Hmm. Yep. I, 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 I agree with you. And, and it really, it is, it's about what we want. Uh, and it's also the fact that at the, at the moment, releasing a game, it's very hard to get universal praise. So I think that's why it's, um, you know, with the first, with the first um, Elwyn game, really the only criticism I got was that people didn't like the theme. Well, that's out of his control. And from, from what I heard, he didn't necessarily love the design process because he didn't love Iron Maiden. And, you know, this is like a, a dream theme for him. So he has actually, as I said before, you know, being able to give us a relatively new take on a traditional play field um, and, and knows how to make a shot feel good. And it, it's the second time that you've had, you know, a game that's been effectively universally praised. Um, all other releases pretty much get some sort of criticism, whether it's art, whether it's layout, whether it's rules, they, there's always been some element that's been a bit of a miss. So um, what I think is really important here is that this was his follow-up and people were sort of saying, you know, he's had four or five years or whatever long it was to get Archer right because it was a white wood for, for so long. It's hard for him to now get us a second game when the clock's ticking and he's now got what he, what I think is about a 14, 15 minute development cycle from Stern and bang, he did it. So what does that mean for his third one? Well, it just goes to show too, if you're passionate about a project, it translates into that. Cause I was thinking also about that too, like Iron Maiden. Yeah. It's just pretty much a retheme of Archer. I know he talked about, he had to slim it down to get it into a, a Stern cabinet, but you look at Jurassic park and the elements on the play field match the game it's not like you could re-theme jurassic park and say hey this is now uh, uh, golden girls there's just so many elements to that game it feels like it was made and integrated with jurassic park and so it just it translates into a fantastic game and like you said martin it's just there's always been a complaint about something for every game i i swear since i've gotten to this hobby that's released there's always some kind of criticism there's it gets harped on and harped on I've heard little spouts here and there. I've heard one person complain about the artwork and then it died out. And you, you had one person complain about the, there's not going to be scenes, but once it got unveiled and they showed everything that kind of died out. And so I think people are trying to find something to harp on this, but we can't because everyone played it at Pinburg and, and now it's just like, there's so many people have played it. You can't disagree with them because you haven't played it yet. If you didn't go to Pinburg, you know, mm. um, I, I think, and this is probably in in defense of a lot of people that are quite critical. If you think about why people are, are criticizing them, I think it's because people, if they're not in a position to buy one, they want to feel comfortable with the fact that they can't buy it. Yeah. But, you know, it's very rare that people will then go out to an arcade, put money in it, and then go, oh, yeah, it's shit. No, people actually really still like playing the games. I think people get critical because 
they just want to feel okay with whether they're going to own one or not. That's just people don't like to resolve that in their mind. Well, and I agree with that, but I think also it comes down to when we were on your episode and Willy Wonka came out and we were scrambling <laughs> trying to give our opinion on it and we were still watching the stream as we were recording and it only been out for not even an hour and it's just like the problem was is JJP and other parties that were involved with that release had said it's a perfect game. I can't find any fault with it. So flags went off and it was like people in the community thought challenge accepted. I'm going to find what's wrong with Willy Wonka. It really was. And that's what it comes down to. People want to be the first person to maybe be known as the person that found something wrong with the new pinball machine. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm waiting for the person to uh, take this play field and superimpose it on ACDC and say, see, it's exactly the same. (laughs) Well, somebody did say that it reminded them of Iron Maiden. Sure. Is that a bad thing? (laughs) It's not a bad thing. I just didn't make any sort of reference to, I, I didn't see, I didn't see it at all until someone said, Oh, well, you know, it's kind of, it's got the loop like Iron Maiden. Okay, it, it does. That's... But the loop's been around for how long, though? Loop is not a no, Keith one thing. No, it's... no, I know. But this, this is the whole thing, right? When something that, that's new, new that comes out, we all want to somehow resolve it in our mind. Yeah. We want to resolve, is it like the movie? Like, is it meeting my expectations? We all knew Jurassic Park was coming Um and therefore people form a view of what success would look like in their mind for a pinball machine. So when it comes out, it's absolutely never going to be exactly what people think in their head because they don't know and there's so many different variables. So what people do is they go, okay, well, I was expecting something. What is now meeting my expectations and what's not? Okay, well, the, the, the play field actually looks really interesting, okay, Tick. The art. Hmm. I don't know about the art. You know what I mean? So people just go through each of those things and determine in their mind, do I like, don't I like, are there more likes than don't likes? Okay, I'm going to put my money down. Oh, I don't have my money, so therefore I'm going to be happy with the things that I don't like and now I can sleep at night not owning this machine. Yeah. Well, do you think, here's the other thought I had too. Do you think people were using the Data East Jurassic Park? Because no one's even talking about Lost World. But do you think that was a... <laughs> no one ever does. Um, do you think that's a standard that people were trying to use to equate this to? Like, uh, it's at least got to be better than the Data East one. It is. Definitely much better well, no- than the Data East one. But are we talking about art-wise? Well, art wise, dude, the art on Data East. Okay, let's talk about this just for a second because I own the game, and the art drives me nuts. Whoever drew, uh, well, the playfield art to me, like Nedry, has no neck. Like he's got like a triple chin, and his his ears go directly into his shoulders. Have you seen? (laughs) And then I didn't even know. Yeah. But and here's the other thing too. I didn't realize it was the boy from the movie above the right flipper. I thought it was Peter Dinklage. Okay. I'm like, what is he doing on this game? He do- And then I realized, oh, that's supposed to be a drawing of the boy. I'm just like, mm. some of the art's really great for the dinosaurs, but the people on that play field are, are horrendous. 
Yeah, I never even noticed. I, I couldn't even tell you, and I owned Jurassic Park for a good couple of years. I couldn't have even told you that there was even a Peter Dinklage version or the actual boy version from the, the movie in it because I, I don't go that much into the detail. I look at it from when I'm standing up at an overall play field and I think, is it trying to convey what the theme is? I don't need to start getting a magnifying glass out and looking closer. And I know a lot of people do. I'm not saying don't do it. But for me, I just want to see does overall, does the, the layout and the light show and the colours palette that they've used and the style of art that they've used, does that satisfy me? Because um, I'll go back to one of the criticisms that remember when Kiss came yeah. out. Now, Kiss, I think, had amazing art and everyone then started calling out the fact that Paul Stanley's arm looked weird. Like, well, well and, and that became a thing. Like, it's great art, but all people could focus on was this weird arm. Yeah. yeah I, I actually thought on Iron Maiden, I like uh, on Iron Maiden, I actually liked the, uh, the pro uh, decals as opposed to the sculpts um, just because it reminded me more of what the Iron Maiden art was when I grew up. So uh, I mean, that was just a preference, but yeah, you're right. I, I think that, we're setting up, hey, what would we want in this game? And when it doesn't live exactly up, if you get out a magnifying glass, they keep talking about with uh, with Aerosmith that, you know what, man, they he put he put everything, you know, and Dirty Diner did a great job. And he put cigarettes buds under the ramps. And I thought that that's great. I, I'm, I'm impressed by the detail. I'm not sure it adds much to my enjoyment of the game. May, enjoy, may, may be worth something to someone else, but not to me. I think my point being is, is back to my original question. Do you think that data, I guess, I guess the data East Jurassic Park isn't coveted as one of the best games that's ever been made. Um, but do you think it was a standard for, it's at least got to be better than this? Because I guess the game that I'm thinking of that's going to have a tough time in my opinion is the new Elvira game. Because Scared Stiff yeah. is such a coveted game. Um, it, just gameplay wise, artwork wise, I think it has a high standard to meet where this Jurassic Park, I don't feel like it did. So I guess I'm answering my own question. I don't, I don't <laughs> think Jurassic Park, the day East Jurassic Park was a standard that Keith had to meet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do like that. He did have a lot of references to the Jurassic Park, the original one. I mean, obviously Art-wise, there's some familiarity there, and you know, even down to Nedry being in exactly the same location. Um, I, I like the fact that you know it, they call it Tribal, right? And they've also got yeah. the chaos letters to spell. I, I like that they've done that, and I like that it's a throwback. But I also like that it's advanced from the original. Is there any uh, is there anything special that's not attached to the game? Like with Deadpool, you got the you know the album. Or uh, I'm just wondering, is there anything with the LE that the the premium doesn't have? Besides, obviously, the mirrored back glass and the shaker motor and all that stuff. Well, for me, it's the upgraded yeah. audio. I think for, 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 for hearing that theme song, which was obviously the asset yeah. that they purchased, um, you know, boom it out. because And that was something that I did notice when I was playing it is that the, the call-outs 
and that the sound the game is making is really immersing you in the Jurassic Park world. So if that's even louder and boomier. Well, I, I completely agree. My friend had an LE uh, Star Wars and he, um, he even put like a sub in it. And when you start it and that Star Wars music comes over, you're, you're immediately thinking, yes, this is what I'm looking for. That sound integration is so important in pinball. I, I completely agree that being able to get that sound asset is probably more important than getting any video clips. I will take the sound over the video clips any day. So I guess I'll have to wait and find a, an LE on the secondary market because I heard they're all sold out. Yeah, the distributors I've been talking to have all said that they're out and they're asking for more allotment because they sold so quick. They they weren't able to hold on to them. Hmm. So. Ours didn't. I mean, obviously, we only get you know 50 um, and they normally sell out within the day. I believe they sold out within, I think, I want to say maybe a week yeah. still I mean if Iron Man sold out and it wasn't even based off a theme it was essentially the gameplay it doesn't shock me if Jurassic Park LEs already sold well, out well I think the mm, LE so. I think the LEs mm. on Iron Man were the theme I think people did want the theme the the enthusiast for Iron Maiden wanted that theme so and Maybe. Marty, did you buy it because it was Keith Elwin's first name or did you buy it because it was Iron Maiden? I bought it because it was Iron Maiden. And, and I, I mean, it was, a, it was a, ultimately it's downfall because I did enjoy the music when I was much younger. But what I, what I thought to myself at the time was I just remembered the art style of Iron Maiden and thinking to myself, this will make a beautiful looking game. And I knew it was going to be Archer, and I had played Archer, just the, the, the white wood at Indisc, probably, I don't know, 18 months, two years before I made and come out. So I knew it flipped really, really well. That was one thing that I noticed when I played it was it was really smooth and it was really interesting. So I, I just thought, Arch layout, I made an artwork, you've got a winner. I wonder if Keith's going to take over the King of Flow uh, when Steve Ritchie finally decides to, he's uh, done designing pinball. I don't know. That's a lot of games yeah. to catch well, up with. <laughs> yeah. How many has Steve done? How many? 50, 60, 90, 900? 42. Okay. Mm. 42. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. I think 43 with Black Knight. Let's, well, let's move on. Uh, we got on the notes here. We've got uh, American Pinball has confirmed that no poker run. I know I know you're very sad about this, Scott. Yeah. And uh, the, the excitement of potential around Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. With, with American Pinball, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to buy um, things that are recognizable, that you don't need to have a PR machine behind. And so it's... It's familiar enough that people will say, hey, I recognize that. I can go. I mean, that's what Oktoberfest is. Oktoberfest, while people may not, uh, it may not be a licensed theme, people know what Oktoberfest is because it's a, it's a, I know they say it's not a beer party. Well, it kind of is. It's a, it, it's a beer and mm -hmm. festival party everywhere. And so people will recognize it. And, and I'm betting that they, figured they would put enough in bars because it's a 
it's a semi bar theme and it would fit well on location with Sherlock Holmes. I, it's the same as King Arthur. How many times though, are they going to reboot that theme for people to care? Uh, there, there was a, a kid King Arthur movie that came out last year. And I, I remember seeing some ads for it and thinking, I have zero desire to see this and I have young kids. Um, I feel like I've done that. I've seen it. I've moved on. I, I hope that they find success with this. I hope that they are able to sell, you know, a thousand of them or in, uh, in his seminar, he said, Hey, if we can get 15% of the market, we'll be good. So if we can sell 1500, so they're estimating the market's uh, 10,000 pins. So if they can do something like that, then I think it'll be a great success. I don't know of any of these themes that I was excited for. And themes sell pinball. That's what Stern has Agreed. proven over and over again. Uh, I don't know. I, I would be excited to see a Sherlock Holmes pinball machine. I, the Robert Downey Jr. movies are one of my favorites. I think they did a great job with those. But it's not to say that they would do that. They might just go with a generic Sherlock Holmes and slap the theme onto a pinball machine and Hopefully the gameplay is good enough. We just we just don't know enough detail behind this. There's so many. I mean, Sherlock Holmes has been around since 1892. Um, there's been Sherlock Holmes is the most uh, franchised that has been made into movies, and so there's hundreds of Sherlock Holmes movies across different genres and different styles, and so it, it's hard to pin down exactly what they would do with it. So. I, is what it is. <laughs> I'm always open to see what they're doing. Uh, I, I can't see myself buying one uh, without just on theme alone, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about the theme. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit cool on it. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that I will say about uh, American pinball, and, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a supporter of American pinball because. I like the underdog, right? We we all just want a good news story. What what these people? I I've met these people. Um, I actually played against Joe Shoba um, in uh, at Pinburg. He was in my group, and I'd never met him before. And he's just just the loveliest, loveliest guy. He's such a nice guy. So I want them. I want them to be successful. And and um, you can tell there's a butt coming, but here it is. When you speak to people about American pinball's machine so far. So we're talking Houdini. I mean, obviously, people talk about the awesome call-outs in that game. But when you talk about Houdini <laughs> and then you talk about Oktoberfest, besides the theme, right, take that out of the picture, the, the feedback that I get from, from people about both those games is the layout. I don't know if you, whether you've had that as well, but people just are sort of a bit cool on how the games shoot. Now, I think both those games shoot really, really well. Now, I would never say I am a top player, but I play pinball quite a lot and I compete a lot and I can play relatively well. So I can find the shots and I'm okay with that. But a lot of casual players do really struggle, I think, with the the two layouts that have been presented so far. So the reason why I'm bringing that up is that Sherlock Holmes great go for the theme that's awesome but i think the main thing i think we need now is a layout that's more accessible and that's what bring people in 
Yeah, I, I played Oktoberfest, and I know it was at a festival, and everybody was trying to hit that left ramp. And they had, they have one of the coolest wire forms, and the only thing I was trying to do was get the roller coaster uh, started because I wanted to see that that uh, wire form go. And we just had a dog of a time trying to get it up that left uh, that left ramp because it's so steep. Um, I, I wish them luck. And as we said before, uh, when I went to Denver and I went to Joe Balser's presentation, he said, they are hiring. So if you want to get into pinball and you want to uh, send a resume, hey, that's a good place to go. Uh, it's a startup and you can certainly find something. Uh, hopefully they find some sort of uh, mojo that works for them. I, I wish them the best and I hope that I am wrong and I hope that these themes really do wow me and say, yeah, maybe I'll get one of these. Hey, uh, did you guys see that P3 is now officially in Dave and Buster's in Austin, Texas? Yeah, yeah I, I it's, it, it, I, I think it's, it's good because what, uh, I think the highest praise for Jurassic Park is it feels very similar to a, a video game. It feels like something that you would see in a video game, which is exactly what kids are kids are drawn to it they they're not going to see pinball as this relic this uh, em from you know the 70s they're actually going to say hey this is a new version of pinball maybe this is something i can get into and if it's spitting out tickets at those kitty gambling place that i say i say it'll be a hit i was thinking of this today and and i i know of dave and busters i've never been to one um but I, I think it's actually quite significant to have pinball in these venues and hopefully it's the start of it because it really does take it to the mainstream. But here's what my thought on it. I thought that's great. You're going to get kids hopefully to, to play this. But And I, and I think people are going to probably shoot me down for saying this, but, but I think if you are putting yourselves in the position of how do we now get this to the younger audience and get them into pinball, I would say you've got to just make a couple of changes. And that is when you swipe your card or put your money in, the machine needs to start straight away. The ball needs to just start. And so, you know, kids don't have to push the start button and also make it a timed game because if people just go flip, flip, and it's over, then the kids will shake their head and go, well, that really wasn't a lot of fun because I was expecting three to four minutes of play and I got one minute. There you go. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. Um, it, when kids play a video game, even if they suck at it, that uh, they'll get hit many times. But unless you're playing a game from the 80s, you're not going to die in three seconds. You're still going to get your 90 seconds worth of fun or, 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 or whatever it's, it's set up for. I, I think if you set it up for, hey, you swipe your card, you get three minutes and then play as long as your last ball is. I think that would be the big hit. Um, the challenge yep. with pinball on location is pinball takes more of a beating than other games. Video games uh, pretty much don't require much maintenance, which is why arcades have typically gone toward that. When I find a, a pinball in the wild, it's actually hard for me to play it. I, I will play it because... I want to support the local operator, but half the time 
it's dirty. There's there's maybe a, a, a rubber missing or the flipper barely moves. And it's really hard to do that when I have 10 great machines downstairs that work perfectly. So unless you're willing to invest in having a tech that maintains those machines, I don't see how, especially in a Dave and Buster's environment, how they'll be able to maintain them. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, it's just it's all just speculation at this point, and it's it's hard to to decide. I mean, I know these P3s have been made to be maintenance friendly and whatnot, and so I just I just say get it out there. What would it hurt? I don't know how much coding it would take to to do what you were talking about, Martin. But I think it's a good idea. I think I think something especially with the younger audience has to change or they're just going to go with the, with what they know, the, the, the fruit ninjas and the ticket redemptions. And they're not going to give pinball chance if it's just viewed as a, a, a quarter eating machine. Yeah. I was going to say like, like even like, I think there are, you know, like game of Thrones has got a casual mode and the other, there are other, like I think Sega were the ones that, you know, released, you put your money in and you can, you know, hit the left flipper for a normal game or a right flipper for a timed you know, casual game. I think inverse. I think those the default needs to be a casual, but for you know the adults that are you know going to these locations to, to seek them out, give people the opportunity to select uh, a normal mode as well, and then you've got everybody covered. I was going to say I was actually discussing this with Charlie Emery uh, last year. I was telling him uh, really on the startup menu when you press start. Uh, a lot of people know this is when you actually start a pinball machine. Uh, or when you go in the codes, you, the rule set can either be set to easy, medium, or hard. Um, why aren't those options available the second you press the start button or the second you swipe your card? Um, press, you know, your easy mode could be your timed mode or whatever mm. it is. And then those that, you know, the medium and the hard could uh, be more geared towards players like us. I, I just, I think it's something that'd be easily coded in. And it does, there's nothing that changes physically with the game. It's just all software. And it's already programmed in there because you can select it. So why not just make it available at the beginning? Yeah, that's fair. I think with LCD screens, uh, it's certainly kids are used to interacting that way, or even adults are used to interacting that way. And if it says, you know, hit this for this direction, um, 720 is an old game that I have. And when you start that, it's a video game from the 80s. And it says training mode and expert mode. So you, you would... And after after 10 seconds, it defaulted to training mode. But if you wanted to do expert mode, you could go up and do that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the, the, the car racing games, like even, you know, Daytona or, um, you know, I think F50 might have been one of the Ferrari games that came out where, you know, you, you can pick a particular vehicle and that will determine yeah. whether it's easy, medium or hard. What do you guys think about Stern putting out a on their YouTube channel having a tech section where they have videos of hey this is this is how you rebuild our flippers this these are common uh, issues that you can deal with at home i wonder if that would be something that would gain people into the pinball because how how many people buy a pinball machine and then one little thing breaks on it and they's like, I don't know how to fix it. And they play around with it for five or six months. They probably do more damage than they do help. 
and then they either sell it on or they finally hire someone to come. I wonder if they actually had their own tech uh, home interactive section, if that would actually help people to want to buy these machines and put them in their house. I think there's too much liability there. I think that um, first off, you know, you're telling people what to do. And if they screw it up, then they come back after you. Uh, it could become very messy. I think the second thing too, if if you do those tech savvy things, it might bypass your distributors. And the whole point of one of the reasons to have distributors is then to have repairmen that are readily available. So that way, if I, if I buy my new Jurassic Park and something breaks, I can call up. Uh, my distributor and say, Hey, this broke. And he can either say, Hey, this is, I'll send you the new part or I'll come out and fix it myself. So, um, I just, I don't, I guess you could, but I, where people do homemade fix it yourself videos, there's no liability for Stern on that because then if the person screws it up, then they go, well, I watched it off of YouTube. Yeah. Mm. I know what you mean. If it becomes official and yeah, then they've got to support that on the back of those videos. So it's dangerous territory. I just have a couple more things I want to cover before. Um, I, f- I feel like I keep on talking. We've been already talking before we started this for like an hour. And I'm like, I, I could go all night, but mm-hmm. we usually keep our episodes around an hour, hour and a half. And there- there's a couple more topics I for sure want to hit. Um, the next topic uh, we we've all kind of discussed it already. And we, we said that we're going to keep it kind of to a minimum and be as respectful as possible. Uh, there was an incident at Pinburg with some commentating. I don't want to go really in depth with it. Um, but for some odd reason on Facebook, it's kind of blown up into some, another problem, which has blown up into another problem. Um, I just want to go first really quickly and just say, you know, I got into pinball to kind of get away from this stuff, to get away from the drama. We really don't cover this just because we like to st- focus on the positive, not the negative in pinball but which is how crazy out of hand this is getting for those that have followed. Um, my thing is, is I come to pinball because as soon as I walk through that door at pinball tournament night or the night that we get through, get together with everybody, every background, every problem, every mistake drops and we all become friends almost to the point it's family. We we've had people with very personal issues come into our group, tell us their problems because they felt like we were family and we all helped them together to get through it. Um, I would just, I would ask those that are out there that are doing all this, uh, this stuff that uh, just, just to consider that. Uh, I, I agree with you. And, and I'll touch on that. You know, I, I, the, the belonging that you feel when you meet up with pinball people. And, uh, you know, as I said, like two nights ago, I, I'm, you know, I'm here in Salt Lake and, you know, good friend now, Lee, and, and I know you know Lee very well, you know, he was like, come along to, you know, Pimple Night, and I did. And he was the only person I knew. And yet all these people I just started talking to, and they, they didn't know who I was, but it was like I was meeting people back in Australia, just really good people talking about pinball, everyone was talking about Jurassic Park, some people had been to Pinburg, um, and it was just, you know what I mean? Like when you just come together, it doesn't matter what's happened in your life and whether you've had a terrible day, whether you've got problems at home, whether you've got problems at work, 
you know, whether you're good at pinball, whether you're terrible at pinball, whether you've got depression, you, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. When you're with pinball people, life is better. It, it, it is. But social media can exaggerate the good and the bad. And my take on what's happened over the last couple of days is, first of all, we've just had one of the best pinball events, you know, of, of the year and all everybody's talking about is the drama after. Uh, and B, I just want to say that if you are respectful for, to people face-to-face, then show that same respect online. That's all I'm saying. Um, I, I've been really conflicted because um, just like you, Josh, that there's so much drama and, and extra things that go on outside of pinball. It, it is my escape. Um, so there's a, there's a quote in the movie Gattaca, which I think about over and over again. And it goes, it, this is the quote. They've got you looking so hard for any flaw that after a while, that's all you see. And that seems to be what Pinberg is for me. I watched the whole final. I watched the entire streaming finals. There were some amazing catch. Uh, there's one move where I would love to know how Keith Elwin did it. He was playing Metallica. He had a ball cradled. He had a multi-ball going. And then the right flipper, he did a live catch, shot the ball, and kept the ball cradled on the right flipper. Okay? I want to talk about that. I, I want to talk about the amazing mm-hmm. uh, live catches um, that uh, um, Danielli were doing was doing, and I want to talk about NFL football and how crazy that game is. I also want people to realize that if there's a way of resolving something that bothers you in a private matter, one on one, that's always the first move. Um, and if it's a one incident, that's also different than a repeat offender. Uh, also at what point does it become a big enough deal that we need to go out on a, a, a social media blast and really drag some people in who would have preferred something to be kept private or within a, within a contained group. So that's my thought. Also, when you're in a group, you're going to have diverse opinions on everything. You can build a wall on literally anything. And ultimately, you're going to find a way of isolating yourself from society because you're not going to agree with everybody on everything. So if you want to be a light in pinball and try to be that common ground, search for the common ground and drive toward that. Let's not focus on the things that divide us. Let's focus on the things that unify us. And the best unification is, hey, you like pinball. I like pinball. Let's play. Let's also give, some pe- give people some breaks. If they slip up or they say something or they do something unintentional or or just a mistake, let's leave it at that. I, I would never want to be judged on my worst day. And so I would like to try to remember that when I'm extending it to others. 
that's my take. I agree. And I, th- I think we, I think we all wrapped it up pretty perfectly mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to leave it right at that because, uh, I, I want everyone to know we're not, I understand there's people I've went through situations, uh, from both sides of the argument. Um, we're not trying to belittle what you've been through. We're just, we're just asking for, um, I don't know, commonality, I guess, uh, just kind of put aside differences. All right, let's move on. I want to do two more things. I don't think I talked to Scott about this. Martin, I was talking about this before, but, uh, Scott, did you know we're going to start a new segment? (laughs) I'm very intrigued. What is the new segment? (laughs) So the new segment is appropriately called a segment still. We're going to highlight another podcast by stealing their game that they play on their show and put it on ours. Uh, that way it kind of promotes them and we don't have to come up with our own game. How does that okay, sound? Okay, so if we're stealing head-to-head, does that mean we're stealing head-to-head but promoting Slam Tilt? Okay, okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin my wheel here. My fake imaginary. Okay, it landed on head to head. Look at that. We are selling Slam the Top 100. What are the odds? Wow. Yes. Wow. So uh, let's let's do this, Scott. I know. I know. We talked to Martin, and this is what I wanted to do last time we were on head to head, but we ran out of time. We did. And so we're doing this now. <laughs> I, I I really have no idea where this is going. So go ahead. Okay, have you have you ever do you know how to, uh, slam the top one hundred goes, Scott? Uh, yes, yes, I, I've listened to every head to head. So uh, you get a game, I get a game, or Martin gets a game, and each of us take thirty seconds and praise the game, and then fifteen seconds to trash the other game or to repraise our game. Perfect, you've got it. So, what should we do? Should we uh, Scott and I on team versus Martin? Do we want Martin as a middleman being the referee? What do we want? Oh. I reckon you two go head to head and I'll be the referee. I'll keep the timing for you and I'll, I'll manage our good friend, Google lady. Awesome. By the way, Google in Australia is way cooler than Google here. Cause we don't get the, Oh, it's disappointing. Yeah, we don't. It is. It is. All righty. Marty, if you'll do the honors, let's, let's pick our two games. We're battling. Okay. So whose machine am I picking first? Uh, go with me. Hey, Google, pick a number between 1 and 100. Coming right up. Five. <laughs> Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Okay, so. Nice. Yes, I, I can do this. This this is doable, okay. yes. <laughs> I, I actually have a Twilight Zone in my garage that I need to move downstairs after I sell a game. So mm-hmm. this this will be good. I, I will love to trash this thing. Okay, so. next one. Go ahead. Hey, Google, pick a number between 1 and 100. All right. Oh, Time Machine by Data East. You're so going down. You know it, man. You know it. Yeah, yeah. You're so going down. Okay, so so I I think the hired seats has to go first, though. That's correct. All right. Yeah, I can definitely do that. So I've I've got three minutes to talk up Twilight Zone, correct? Or not thirty minutes? Three minutes? No, 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 no. 
<laughs> 30 seconds. You have got 30 seconds and I've got my stopwatch. You ready to go? I am. Bring it on. All right, let's go. Start. Twilight Zone. No one thought it could get better than the Adams Family, but then Pat Lawler brought out his master design, Twilight Zone. It redefined what we do when we play pinball. Between uh, Magnets' flippers and the piano shot, this game has it all. Um, it's been touted as one of the best games because it's so challenging, yet gives so much diversity of what you can do. Uh, it was really ahead for its time between all the toys and all the gameplay. And that's hey, it. Hey, 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 your 30 seconds are up. You're done. You're done. All right, I'm done. I'm done. All right. So Time Machine. Hold on. Time hold on. Machine is not only... Okay. I right. thought Martin's supposed to tell uh, you to go. I had started. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, you ready? Go. Ready. Okay, Time Machine is not only vastly superior than Twilight Zone, it also has a cooler car. There is a Corvette with John Travolta riding around with two girls, and he's, dri- he's driving away with another guy flying outside. It also has the classic solid-state uh, awesome uh, awesome scoring, and so you get this linear rule set. This is also a Joe Kamikow game, and so if you can't buy the Beatles, you can totally buy this one. Also, a cooler theme. Who wants to go into the Twilight Zone? When you, when, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, so you've got a choice now. You can either continue talking about how great Twilight Zone is, or you can now start rubbishing Time Machine. Oh. I'm going to keep with Twilight Zone because I've honestly never played Time Machine. So <laughs> I just played it at Pinburg anyway. Okay, your time starts now. You've got 30 seconds. I mean, really, is this is this a discussion we're having? Twilight versus Time Machine? Twilight Zone is just... Have you ever heard a bad thing about Twilight Zone? I know Marty just loves the game. <laughs> <laughs> but it... I mean, really, we've re, re, we reinvented pinball with this game. We really have. It just... I don't know what to tell you. It, it's, it stands for itself. It's Twilight Freaking Zone. Do I have to say anything else? Mm, uh, three more seconds. Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> okay. Uh, you ready, Scott? Your time starts now. Okay, not only is, is uh, Time Machine vastly superior, it has amazing wire forms. It has this amazing deep coding package by Lonnie Rop. Uh, Twilight Zone is such a dog that I've had it in my, uh, in my garage for about a year and haven't been able to dust it off. It's, uh, the uh, skill shot really stinks because the rocket goes into the bumpers, which is death. In tournaments, all it is is left ramp, light ramp, and shoot the scoop. It, there, there's no reason to ever play this and actually try to get into seconds. the zone because you're never going to be able to win it. <laughs> it's also a wide body, which sucks. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie. That's harder than it than it sounds. Um, I thought it'd be just a piece of cake. Obviously, I do not know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and now okay, we'll turn so, over so, to... Uh, so- Go ahead. So Marty gets to tell us who who has the better argument. I think. No, no, I, no, I thought no. we throw it to Facebook. No, that's right. So uh, Josh will tell oh. us how to do it. Okay. So All right. uh, we're going to throw it to you guys out there in Facebook land. We're going to put a poll up: uh, <laughs> Twilight Zone versus <laughs> Time Machine. <laughs> and it's going to be very close. I'm going to tell you this. 
go based off an of argument, not necessarily the game. <laughs> I better have a great GIF on this. Well, one. this is the whole thing. It's the GIF. The better GIF always wins. There has to be a cat driving a Corvette, and I will win. How about this? How about this, Scott? Since I got Twilight Zone and you had Time Machine, you throw the poll up and you get to pick the gifts. Okay, you realize that I am horrible at the social media stuff, so um, I I don't even know how to do polls. All right, we'll, I, we'll I will figure it out. You, you can help me. Yeah, sounds good. But uh, thank I, you. I will find the cat gif, the laser cat gif. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marty, for uh, letting us steal your segment for for our show tonight. So, so did you find it easy to have to think of those things on the spot? No, not at all. I thought it'd be a lot easier because you, you grow up with these games everyone talks about. I mean, Twilight Zone is one of the reasons I got into pinball uh, just because between that and a couple of other games, it just seemed like it was ones I gravitated towards. You put me on the spot. I can't think of a single thing besides magnetic flippers and a gumball machine. It's a lot harder than it looks. No, I know. But if you were if you were at a, a, a venue and you were playing pinball and someone came up to you and, and asked you, you'd be able to rattle it off. But in that situation where it's like, okay, it's now an argument, it's a competition, it really does put you on the spot. So people sort of thought that we just did all this editing and, and no, we actually just had to do that stuff on the fly. It's fun. Well, we'll leave that all in. Nice. Mistakes and all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I am going to sell my Twilight Zone and buy a time machine. So that that should be uh, convincing enough. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, it was fantastic. When we originally talked about this, we were going to uh, pit Black Knight versus Willy Wonka since they both came out at the exact same time. But I'm glad we did not do that because that's a lot rougher than. Mm. Yeah. But alrighty. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know. I think right now, like right now, tonight, I would take a Black Knight. But um, we're going to go up to Jeff Rivera's house at some point when he invites us and we will play Willy Wonka and figure out the awesomeness that is the okay Ooh. The, the, the music in black knight is awesome mm. okay not too much all right <laughs> I love <it>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. well everyone's been waiting it's that magical time where uh we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks we're finally here we're giving away one of those sweet hats. You've seen them everywhere. You've seen Jack Danger wear one. You've seen Keith Elwin wear one. And may I add, he won Pinberg while wearing, well, he didn't do it while he won. But what I'm saying is the first day he qualified, and it's probably the best qualifying anyone's ever had. And it was the combination of loser kid hat and a head-to-head pinball t-shirt. I and, and I've got one of these caps now as well. And I'm telling you, I've just had to beat people away from me as I'm walking down the street with this hat on. Everyone wants a piece of this. That's the power of the loser kid cap. Yeah. I, I, I totally believe that, especially, you know, walking the mean streets of Ogden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. But, yeah. but in a, on a serious note, what, we keep touting the quality of this hat, and we're not asking you to shill our hat. Like, seriously, what do you think of the quality of the hat? Okay. This is, this is absolutely the truth. Because I, you know, we put the, the head-to-head merch store up and I had caps as part of that. And they looked really good. And when I actually got the caps, the quality was so poor, I took them off the, uh, the store. I said, no, I'm not going to sell caps. Don't worry about it. So the quality of your caps is exceptional. I'm not actually just, that actually really does sound like I'm shilling. I'm not. 
like the act, like the, the it's actually like a really thick material, and the, the the way they put the logos on is just really sort of just it's just done so well. So I I think you guys have spared no expense um, getting this capture. You've obviously gone with someone well. We spared no expense. That was the Jurassic Park reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. All right, cool. So I've asked Martin to do the uh, the honors for us. What we've done is, if you've liked our Facebook page, you got one. Uh, you got sorry, you got one entry into the contest, and then if you left us a recommendation or a review, uh, we also gave you two more entries into the thing. So there are a couple people that will have three entries into this. The way I've done it is I, I just printed off of Facebook the list of likes, um, went through the, the reviews and added extra tallies next to those names. Um, and so everyone's been assigned a number. And so I've asked Martin to do Google for us again. And we will, whoever whatever number it comes out, uh, unless if you're a celebrity or not, sorry, whatever number it comes out, you get a hat. So Marty, if you would do us the honors. Uh, how many entries do we have? We have, let me hurry and get to the back page, <laughs> 163 entries. 163, here we go. Hey Google, pick a number between 1 and 163. Coming right up. One hundred Ooh, that's a pretty high number. 127, Angela Sanders Fish, you have won yourself a hat. So we will reach out to you on Facebook and congratulations. So awesome. Yay. Congratulations. I don't know what to say. Yeah. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If, if you did not win a hat and you want a hat, contact us, we will, we will hook you up. So, um, other than that, it's it's been fun. I, I don't want to say. I'm not gonna lie. It's 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 probably been a long week for you between Pinberg, Marty, and <laughs> being here in Utah. I know I know on the last episode you said I'm kind of burned out on the whole pinball thing, and then Tuesday night, like you're like, let's play pinball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, and look, and you also said to me, oh look, I just heard your podcast, and, and if you don't want to do pinball, it's fine. Um, and and it kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier about the whole you know, social media stuff is that it wasn't the pinball that I went for. I did get into the finals, you know, I heard you ask, uh, but it was actually hum- more <laughs> humble brag. It was, no, there you go. Do you, but you know what it was? And I, oh, I know he loves a good shout out, but it was because our good mate Lee and, and I knew Scott was going to be there as well. And I thought, do you know what? I can't come all this way out here and not catch up with you guys and just go to Keto's and, just talk to people. I just thought that that would be a, a good, fun thing to do, and I wasn't disappointed. So, and and now I'm doing a podcast. So, there you go. That was that was actually a crazy big crowd. Also, I will say um, to Naomi Shed, she sent me a lot of messages during Pinberg, and I'm going to send you a bonus hat uh, because you were able to uh, keep me appraised of the situation until we can come next year to Pinberg. So Naomi, uh, go ahead and send me your address, and I will get you out of hat. We lived vicariously through her for Pinburg this year. It was, it's awesome, and she's contacted us. She's given us like T-shirt ideas and 
it's it's just been nuts. Like Naomi's been really really cool, fantastic lady to meet. If you're not friends with her on Facebook or whatever social media else she's on, join up with her because she's she's fantastic. She's a very nice lady. Yeah, she even uh, uh, there's a one of her friends that's out here, and uh, his name is Tim, and we ran into him at Keto. So now we have a now you too have a friend in the pinball business. <laughs> Yeah, I, I met her at Pimberg and she is amazing, has just got so much energy. She had enough energy for the, the thousand people that were competing, I can tell you now. Okay, did she have a dog in a stroller? I'm just wondering. Did, um, did... No. Okay, because the, the – because uh, um, uh, – um, oh, you'll have to edit this for a second. Um <laughs> Who's Tommy and Taylor's? This oh, okay. Um, the reason why I ask about her dog is because uh, this flipping podcast kept talking about someone who had a dog there, and it freaked them out because they thought they were pulling out a baby, and it was a dog. <laughs> so I, I wondered if it was Naomi because I thought that she had a dog there. She might if I didn't see it. Hmm. Uh, she did because by I guess the final day of Pimberg, she was showing videos of her dog already knew the way back to the hotel room. So as soon as the elevator doors would open, it would guide her right to the hotel door. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So that was, that was Pinberg, um, and and obviously I need to mention that you know I also got to catch up with um, Jeff Rivera as well from the Pinball Podcast. So we hang out at uh, Pinberg as well. So it was good to see him. You probably met half of Utah there anyway when you were there. It seemed like all of our friends went this year too. We were the duds that did not go. Yeah, you gonna make it next year? I'm planning on. Depending on where I'm at, so I haven't told. I don't know if I've announced this on on uh, on the podcast yet, but I sold my house, so uh, we're building because I I'm very picky. I don't like any of the houses around in this area, so I'm gonna build myself a nice house so that I can have plenty of pinball machines in the bottom. So if if I'm done building by next year, Pinberg, I'll probably come. If if I'm not, then we'll see. So awesome, but. Awesome. Before we get going, Marty, tell us, uh, honestly, if you're listening to us and you haven't listened to Head to Head, you're lying. <laughs> I don't you know, know just, hey, hey, you know, just go and delete our podcast and immediately go and listen to the 100 episodes of Head to Head. Starting with number one, because the quality on that first one I heard is... It's amazing. <laughs> it was like, obviously, for our 100th episode, I, I think, you know, and I know you'll say this because... I know I've spoken to you about this, but, um, you know, on our 100th episode, I did a little montage of, you know, our first six months, just some some clips from that. Um, and uh, and it wasn't even just like the, the audio quality was really bad because it was, you know, there was just this evolution. It was we got better mics, we had better recording technology, then we had better editing. It all just improved over time. And then obviously we went to Zencaster. But it's not even that. The very first episode is just so flat, just from us. Our energy level, I, I think at the time we thought we were going to be this really sort of serious, you know, hard hitting, full of news. And then it just became, you know, every opportunity to make me laugh. And that's mm -hmm. what we did. So that's what we continue well, to do. Well, I know our, uh, our first episode was, it's by far the worst episode. Um, Is that because you weren't on it? Well, of course. Well, I, 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 I don't want to point that out, but I... I <laughs> think I elevate things, you know, just by bringing my, my, my awesome voice and my deep takes. 
Well, you guys are definitely on my go-to podcast, so keep it going because uh, I think it's great. I love what you guys do. Well, as soon as we can get Zencaster to record for, or we also want to get Joe on sometime. I know it's uh, one in the morning right now where Joe is, so he probably would have given us the uh, uh, the Boston bird. Um, but yeah, Joe's been a great addition to your to your podcast uh, since Ryan's on his uh, sabbatical. Mm, he's been great. Well, and in, in, in all seriousness, like we really do appreciate, like, honestly, Martin, you were one of the first people I reached out. It was, it was you and, uh, Zach. And I, I sent out the clip and said, Hey, what do you think? And, and when you said, Hey, this is actually good. I was like, Oh, <laughs> well, if it's coming from Marty, like I, I still think I'm, I'm going to go out right, right now. I'm going to say this right now. I think that head to head is the podcast to be for quality and for content in our community. And so when it comes back from someone like that, that you're actually doing something right, you you actually take it to heart. And so if it wasn't for you, I don't think we'd be doing this, so. Well, well thank you, that, that's great to hear. Um, but, but sort of back at you is that there is so much choice that we have. There's a lot of podcasts out there and, and we obviously can't get to everything. But when I heard your podcast, I thought for some reason, that just feels a gap and, and I'm, and I'm glad it exists for that. Awesome. Well, thank I, you. I think it's because we know nothing about tournament pinball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, but I think it's important to, to have your own, your own lane and, and swim in it. And I think you guys, you know, right out the gate, great quality and great banter and great chemistry. And that's all we want. Yeah. Well, we certainly appreciate everybody who listens. We, I appreciate Josh for actually spearheading this because this is really Josh's baby and I'm just along for the ride. Um, I, I appreciate everybody who actually commits any time to downloading our podcast and listening, and especially those who give us feedback. Uh, it really does mean a lot to us just because uh, we're doing this for fun. But when you get those, uh, that feedback or at least the downloads, then it actually makes you feel like you're being connected to a larger world. And I've, I've loved this. It seems, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know if it's because we gave away a hat or whatever, but the last month has just been, I mean, it's been the Keith Elwin interview. We've just, we've had people uh, emailing us and, and talking to us through Facebook and whatnot. And it's just awesome to feel more involved with the community because people actually want to talk to us now. So, yeah. Uh, well, we, we've certainly appreciate everybody who comes on I and mean, Keith has been great. Uh, we certainly, uh, I'm still surprised he, he agreed to come on and, uh, it was a lot of fun talking to him. Uh, Eric uh, from uh, JJP was great coming on and Bowen too, coming and talking about Pinberg. It really does mean a lot to us. And hopefully it means a lot to people who are listening to get access and, and to hear from behind the scenes of what pinball is versus what they see on Pinside. Dude, I'm just glad that Marty said he wanted to come on because let's face it. Let's not lie. Joe said he didn't want to be on here. He didn't. <laughs> Joe gave me the bird and he said, you suck pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> there can be, there can be room for only one sidekick and it's me. <laughs> Hilarious. But I think you got, what you guys know is that, cause I think sometimes people think that, you know, the podcasters are doing it because we've got big egos and we just like to, you know, talk crap for, for a couple of hours or whatever it's going to be. Um, but genuinely you are doing it because it's interesting to you. You want to entertain people and there's actually nothing better 
than people just reaching out for you the first time, just saying, hey, guys, I love what you do. Keep doing it. That's what it's for. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and go ahead and hit us up on Facebook. I swear half of my half of my friends are pinball related. So, well, and also, uh, I don't know if we've told you this yet or, or not, Marty, but you are an honorary honorary loser kid. So I know that. I asked you about your hat now. Yep. Yeah. So I, I got the title. Geez, that was quite a while now. Um, and now I've got the hat to prove it. So even better. Yep. So when you can claim our podcast is your own now too. So, you know. <laughs> awesome. Were you going for those? Were you going for those Twippy Awards this year? You just lump ours in with yours. It, we're well, it's, like, it's, it's like multi-level marketing. The more podcasts you recruit to be under there, the higher percentage of income you get. That's true. So, so. What are you going to do with all your Twippy bucks once you get them? <laughs> oh, I, I hear wait. they're accepted in Dave and Buster's now. <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's going to Star Wars land. Yeah, for sure. All right, Marty, where, where can we find you? If if, some, if you want someone to reach out to you and talk to you, where do you want to be contacted at? Uh, two main places. Obviously, you, you, if you just typed head-to-head pinball into Google, it would take you everywhere. If you go to headtoheadpinball.com, uh, that's our website, um, email us headtoheadpinball at gmail.com or you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Facebook's probably the best one. Yeah, and Josh, awesome. how can they get a hold of us? Uh, you can find us at loser kid pinball podcast at gmail.com or honestly, the best way to get a hold of us is through Facebook at loser kid pinball podcast slash Facebook or vice versa on that one. I, I can't remember. Uh, but if you want to just chit chat, hit us up, compliment us, uh, complain, whatever you want to do, hit us up there. So I better go guys. Cause honestly, my uh, lightning and thundering is going off and my lights have dimmed more than once while I've been on here. So I've been lucky to even keep you guys on <laughs> going on my computer so (laughs) awesome all right sounds good well we'll see you guys later thanks guys see ya